With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. That ball drilled deep to right field, and the Baltimore Orioles have taken the lead on Cedric Mullins' three-run bomb into the stands and right above the Astros' bullpen. That was a hell of a baseball game last night. I mean, I didn't pay any attention to the two football games outside of having them on my secondary TV. That was a damn good baseball game last night. Unfortunately, your Houston Astros fall to the Baltimore Orioles, 8-7. Not the end of the world. The Texas Rangers lost again. So there's still a game up and a, a game and a half up on Texas. They're a game and a half up on Oakland, excuse me, on Seattle, who was able to beat the Oakland A's. What's going on, people? It is the Paul Gallant Show on this Tuesday, September 19th of 2023. Playoff vibes last night. I think there's a good chance that in the playoffs, the Astros will match up against this Baltimore team. And Baltimore, who we know was hung the bleep over, deserves a lot of credit. They were ready. And then some. They got some dudes in that lineup. Gunnar Henderson, who homered off of Justin Verlander. He goes three for five. Ryan O'Hearn, five for five. Cedric Mullins, two clutch hits. That home run you just heard off of Ryan Presley. A double off of Rafael Montero. You had Adley Rushman, who also had an RBI off of Montero. Wow, what a surprise. You have the advantage over their bullpen, but let's just dive into the big problem for the Houston Astros in yesterday's loss. The sky's not falling. As I said, AL West, they're still fine. But this is one of those games where you look at the pitching and you're just wondering if they're going to be able to get back on track when the real games start. Hector Neris, you are exempt from this. Brian Abreu. Injured, unavailable last night after he got hit with the comebacker on his forearm. Also, you are exempt. But the rest of the Astros pitching staff, it's been a disappointment this year. There's no denying that. I tweeted out after Justin Verlander allowed a couple of runs to give Baltimore at the time a 3-1 lead. Can't we just get a couple of starts in a row where... Good Astros starters allow less than three earned runs. Like Sean Mapes, yesterday, going into 
last night's game. We talked about this. I'm just looking for two earned runs. I'm not asking for much. I don't have very high expectations for the Astros pitching this year. I'm not saying Verlander stunk. There were moments in this game where he was dealing. But can, can we just allow less than three runs? Even against a tough Baltimore team. Is that so much to ask? Or should I look at Baltimore and say, well, hang on, this team is the exception, Sean. What do you think here? I mean, I, I suppose giving up those runs to Baltimore is better than giving those runs up to the A's and Royals. But at some point, you do need your aces to pitch like aces. I thought he had it for a moment. There were a couple innings where he looked great. But he's not able to get through the whole thing. And then we get to the bullpen. And, I mean, do I even talk about Rafael Montero? Do I even talk about him? I've been telling you this for years. Oh, 30 games in a row. He looked fine. Stop. Just stop. He sucks. He's not a good pitcher. They paid him that contract. Terrible contract. He's bad. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I think that Dusty Baker feels the need to put him out there because of what they're paying him. They've been trying to find ways to make him feel a little bit more confident. But I felt zero, zero good feelings when Montero came into that game. I just thought to myself, oh, boy. I mean, they had the mound visit in the middle. You're wondering whether or not he's hurt. You're almost hoping he's hurt because then at the very least you could say, all right, well, maybe next year he'll earn that contract. Nope. No. I I never want to see Montero out there. I really don't. But the other problem is now that Ryan Presley is human. Is he bad? I don't know. But he's human. You heard the home run coming into the segment. Three-run homer. It's a good Baltimore team. I'm, I'm not freaking out over it. This is something that could theoretically happen in the postseason. My question is whether or not this happens against teams that are lesser than Baltimore, who is the best team in the American League. But Presley just doesn't have whatever he had in last year's postseason. And I don't know if it's the pitch clock. I don't know if he's just a year older. But whatever it is, he doesn't have it. And I got to say, I, I get how pitchers feel when they throw pitches. Facts don't care about your feelings. Feelings don't care about your facts. But the last thing I wanted to hear after Ryan Presley allowed a three-run homer that helped Baltimore win 8-7 last night, the last thing I wanted to hear was him talking about how he thought that pitch was good after the game. I mean, stuff was good. Uh, I mean, it's a well-located pitch. It's just, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting on it. He got his pitch that he wanted to hit and took advantage of it. Seems so okay the execution. Yeah. I mean, it's not in the middle part of the plate. I mean, nine out of ten times, people roll that pitch over. It's just, he just went down and got it. <sighs> why, why do they always do this? They make it hard for me. I don't want to yell at Ryan Presley. And we do have to wonder about the curse of being on the bench. Ryan Presley, Dana Holgerson, but it's fine. Jimbo Fisher last year, it's fine. Presley, in his last six appearances, nine earned runs. He's got a 3.84 ERA on the year. And there's a part of me that thinks that it's possible for Presley to get back to being the pitcher he was last postseason, this postseason. But at the same time, when we're looking at Ryan Presley, 
Sometimes these guys just lose it really quickly. 18 of the 31 pitches that Presley threw were strikes, but only two whiffs on the 10 swings Baltimore took. They're hitting his stuff, and I wonder if Dusty Baker, come postseason time, is going to think about moving Presley into a different role. Because if you continue to go with Presley as your closer, you might find yourself at the wrong end of a series. That's where we're at with him. It's hard to predict success year to year with bullpen arms. Presley's been great for the Astros for a long time. This year, he has not been dominant. He has been human, as has been Justin Verlander, as has been Framber Valdez, as has been Christian Javier, as has been, well, more than human, Rafael Montero. Rafael Montero's just been Rafael Montero. I suppose this is cheap shots at this point in time. But the Astros pitchers, which were great last year, not great right now, Sean. No, no. I was just trying to work out if you're worse than human. Well, I guess you can't say less. I don't want to call him subhuman, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to call him paid. New money Montero. I, I hope he's enjoying that new money. I, I truly do. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, so you're not going to apologize to GM Jeff Bagwell? No. Okay. No. No, right. I'm not. Well, just Jose Abreu played well. I, I demand apologies for Dusty Baker, who I thought did a lot of good things in last night's game. Played. Jose Abreu. Home run. Double. Cleanup spot. Uh-oh. Oh, he shouldn't be in a cleanup. Oh, man, I know baseball more than Dusty Baker. Martin Maldonado. Oh, they should have benched him in the sixth. The Astros were in the middle of a rally. Uh, guess what? Martin Maldonado hit a home run a little bit later. And you haters, you Dusty Baker persecutors, you're exposed. Kyle Tucker gets a triple. Hey, maybe that day off on Sunday helped him get right at the plate. He also had a double. Maybe it helped him have, I don't know, a little bit uh you know, better feeling legs so that he could run all the way to third base as quickly as he did. Dusty Baker managing loads properly. It's a shame. The Astros had a lot of good things in this game, especially at the plate. Kyle Tucker, as I mentioned, Jose Altuve, uh, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena had key RBI hits. Pena gunned the guy down at home. Um, Hector Neris was awesome in that one inning, but... Ultimately, when you're looking at the Astros after last night's game, how do you not look at the pitching? I see a couple of people on the Twitch are saying I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not. I mean, that was a great baseball game. It's not one that's super important, but how do you not look at the pitching after a game like this? We got Thomas calling in the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. 713-780-3776 to call to text Thomas. What's up? Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, so as far as, like, the pitching goes, like, going to the playoffs, um, I've been actually on the side arguing for, like, Javier and Framber and I guess some of the guys that can drop in the ball in the starting position because I always feel like, I don't know, going back the last 15 years, like, some of the, like, kind of the dominant teams looking at, like, Red Sox maybe, or I always feel like there's, like, starters that just, they might not have it that year in the regular season. But there's that, that clutch scene, so to speak. So, like, I kind of lean back. Maybe these guys don't feel pressure and just feel like they can turn it on well. I hope that's but true. the reliever position, okay, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking Chris Sale, man, I'm just thinking he sucks now or something. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, some of these pitchers sometimes just can turn it on. But relievers, it's more like ice in their veins. And if they don't have it, they don't have Like, if they lose it, 
they lose it for good, and then you know they're a mental head case. So, I, I mean, I don't want to just go in and say, hey, it's time to move up Bobby Rayu or Naris to the closer role and just you know not give up on Presley but move him down or something. But it's just sometimes these guys, these you know, it's more of a, a walk them through how their day's going, make sure their you know their ego's good. And I don't know if you have the you know time to do that with Presley to get them right. Playoffs. But I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it, Thomas. Yeah, I don't know what you do with Presley at this point. I, I do think that Dusty Baker should be open to moving him into a different bullpen role, right? I mean, I, I, we're all hoping that the playoffs start and the Astros are like, finally, we've been bored this whole regular season, even in the midst of a pennant race. But I imagine anyone in the Astros clubhouse after last night's game, you feel down. That felt like a playoff game. It really did. It was a great game. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if you're in that clubhouse and you're one of the guys who are in the lineup, I mean, you're probably thinking about Ryan Presley letting you down and Rafael Montero letting you down. Those are two guys making a lot of money. That's a natural thing to think. I think that the Astros do have alternative options in the bullpen, as you saw from Hector Neris. That at-bat that he had against Gunnar Henderson, holy smokes, that was awesome. I mean, that was fantastic stuff, and to see him electrified coming off the mound was great. And if Abreu's out there, too, it's not like you don't have other arms in the bullpen that you can use. But there are some guys that right now you're wondering about using at all. Montero, Maton, where you use Presley? Like, that's a question. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, to call. To text as well on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. You can join at twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Where are you at after the Astros lost to the Baltimore Orioles last night? 8-7. We'll talk about it. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter Patter. Well, Pitter Patter, let's get at her. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. That ball drilled deep to right field, and the Baltimore Orioles have taken the lead on Cedric Mullins' three-run bomb into the stands and right above the Astros' bullpen. That was a hell of a baseball game last night. I mean, I didn't pay any attention to the two football games outside of having them on my secondary TV. That was a damn good baseball game last night. Unfortunately, your Houston Astros fall to the Baltimore Orioles 8-7. Not the end of the world. The Texas Rangers lost again. So there's still a game up and a, a game and a half up on Texas. They're a game and a half up on Oakland. Excuse me. On Seattle, who was able to beat the Oakland A's. What's going on, people? It is the Paul Gallant Show on this Tuesday, September 19th of 2023. Playoff vibes last night. I think there's a good chance that in the playoffs, the Astros will match up against this Baltimore team. And Baltimore, who we know was hung the bleep over, deserves a lot of credit. They were ready. And then some. 
They got some dudes in that lineup. Gunnar Henderson, who homered off of Justin Verlander. He goes three for five. Ryan O'Hearn, five for five. Cedric Mullins, two clutch hits. That home run you just heard off of Ryan Presley, a double off of Rafael Montero. You had Adley Rushman, who also had an RBI off of Montero. Wow, what a surprise. You have the advantage over their bullpen, but let's just dive into the big problem for the Houston Astros in yesterday's loss. The sky's not falling. As I said, AL West, they're still fine. But this is one of those games where you look at the pitching and you're just wondering if they're going to be able to get back on track when the real games start. Hector Neris, you are exempt from this. Brian Abreu, injured, unavailable last night after he got hit with the comebacker on his forearm. Also, you are exempt. But the rest of the Astros pitching staff, it's been a disappointment this year. There's no denying that. I tweeted out after Justin Verlander allowed a couple of runs to give Baltimore at the time a 3-1 lead. Can't we just get a couple of starts in a row where good Astros starters allow less than three earned runs? Like Sean Mapes, yesterday, going into last night's game, we talked about this. I'm just looking for two earned runs. I'm not asking for much. I don't have very high expectations for the Astros pitching this year. I'm not saying Verlander stunk. There were moments in this game where he was dealing. But can can we just allow less than three runs? Even against a tough Baltimore team. Is that so much to ask? Or should I look at Baltimore and say, well, hang on. This team is the exception, Sean. What do you think here? I mean, I I suppose giving up those runs to Baltimore is better than giving those runs up to the A's and Royals. But at some point, you do need your aces to pitch like aces. I thought he had it for a moment. There were a couple innings where he looked great. But he's not able to get through the whole thing. And then we get to the bullpen. And, I mean, do I even talk about Rafael Montero? Do I even talk about him? I've been telling you this for years. Oh, 30 games in a row. He looked fine. Stop. Just stop. He sucks. He's not a good pitcher. They paid him that contract, terrible contract. He's bad. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I think that Dusty Baker feels the need to put him out there because of what they're paying him. They've been trying to find ways to make him feel a little bit more confident, but I felt zero, zero good feelings when Montero came into that game. I just thought to myself, oh boy. I mean, they had the mound visit in the middle. You're wondering whether or not he's hurt. You're almost hoping he's hurt because then at the very least you could say, all right, well, maybe next year he'll earn that contract. Nope. No, I I never want to see Montero out there. I really don't. But the other problem is now that Ryan Presley is human. Is he bad? I don't know. But he's human. You heard the home run coming into the segment. Three-run homer. It's a good Baltimore team. I'm, I'm not freaking out over it. This is something that could theoretically happen in the postseason. My question is whether or not this happens against teams that are lesser than Baltimore, who is the best team in the American League. But Presley just doesn't have whatever he had in last year's postseason. And I don't know if it's the pitch clock. I don't know if he's just a year older. But whatever it is, he doesn't have it. And I got to say, I I get 
how pitchers feel when they throw pitches. Facts don't care about your feelings. Feelings don't care about your facts. But the last thing I wanted to hear after Ryan Presley allowed a three-run homer that helped Baltimore win 8-7 last night, the last thing I wanted to hear was him talking about how he thought that pitch was good after the game. I mean, stuff was good. Uh, I mean, it's a well-located pitch. It's just, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting on it. He got his pitch that he wanted to hit and took advantage of it. Seems to okay. the execution. Yeah. I mean, it's not in the middle part of the plate. I mean, nine out of ten times, people roll that pitch over. It's just, he just went down and got it. Why, why do they always do this? They make it hard for me. I don't want to yell at Ryan Presley. And we do have to wonder about the curse of being on the bench. Ryan Presley, Dana Holgerson, but it's fine. Jimbo Fisher last year, it's fine. Presley, in his last six appearances, nine earned runs. He's got a 3.84 ERA on the year, and... There's a part of me that thinks that it's possible for Presley to get back to being the pitcher he was last postseason, this postseason. But at the same time, when we're looking at Ryan Presley, sometimes these guys just lose it really quickly. 18 of the 31 pitches that Presley threw were strikes, but only two whiffs on the 10 swings Baltimore took. They're hitting his stuff, and I wonder if Dusty Baker, come postseason time, is going to think about moving Presley into a different role. Because if you continue to go with Presley as your closer, you might find yourself at the wrong end of a series. That's where we're at with him. It's hard to predict success year to year with bullpen arms. Presley's been great for the Astros for a long time. This year, he has not been dominant. He has been human, as has been Justin Verlander, as has been Framber Valdez, as has been Christian Javier, as has been, well, more than human, Rafael Montero. Rafael Montero's just been Rafael Montero. I suppose this is cheap shots at this point in time. But the Astros pitchers, which were great last year, not great right now, Sean. No, no. I was just trying to work out if you're worse than human. Well, I guess you can't say less. I don't want to call him subhuman, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to call him paid. New Money Montero. I, I hope he's enjoying that new money. I, I truly do. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, so you're not going to apologize to GM Jeff Bagwell? No. Okay. No. No, uh, I'm not. No, just Jose Abreu played well. I, I demand apologies for Dusty Baker, who I thought did a lot of good things in last night's game. Played. Jose Abreu. Home run. Double. Cleanup spot. Uh-oh. Oh, he shouldn't be hitting cleanup. Oh, man, I know baseball more than Dusty Baker. Martin Maldonado. Oh, they should have benched him in the sixth. The Astros were in the middle of a rally. Oh, uh, guess what? Martin Maldonado hit a home run a little bit later. And you haters, you Dusty Baker persecutors, you are exposed. Kyle Tucker gets a triple. Hey, maybe that day off on Sunday helped him get right at the plate. He also had a double. Maybe it helped him have, I don't know, a little bit uh you know, better feeling the legs so that he could run all the way to third base as quickly as he did. Dusty Baker managing loads properly. It's a shame. The Astros had a lot of good things in this game, especially at the plate. 
Kyle Tucker, as I mentioned, Jose Altuve, uh, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena had key RBI hits. Pena gunned the guy down at home. Um, Hector Neris was awesome in that one inning. But ultimately, when you're looking at the Astros, after last night's game, how do you not look at the pitching? I see a couple of people on the Twitch are saying I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not. I mean, that was a great baseball game. It's not one that's super important. But how do you not look at the pitching after a game like this? We got Thomas calling in the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. 713-780-3776 to call to text Thomas. What's up? Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, so as far as, like, the pitching goes, like, going to the playoffs, um, I've been actually on the side arguing for, like, Javier and Framber and I guess some of the guys that can drop in the ball in the starting position because I always feel like, I don't know, going back the last 15 years, like, some of the, like, kind of the dominant teams looking at, like, Red Sox maybe, or I always feel like there's, like, starters that just, they might not have it that year in the regular season, but there's that, that clutch scene, so to speak. So, like, I kind of lean back. Maybe these guys don't feel pressure and just feel like they can turn it on well. I hope that's but true. the reliever position, okay, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking Chris Sale, man, I'm just thinking he sucks now or something. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, some of these pitchers sometimes just can turn it on. But relievers, it's more like ice in their veins. And if they don't have it, they don't have, like, if they lose it, they lose it for good. And then, you know, they're a mental head case. So, I, I, I mean, I don't want to just go in and say, hey, it's time to move up Bobby Rayu or Naris to the closer role and just, you know, not give up on Presley but move him down or something. But it's just sometimes these guys, these, you know, it's more of a, a walk them through how their day's going, make sure their, you know, their ego's good. And I don't know if you have the, you know, time to do that with Presley to get him right playoffs but i'll hang up and listen appreciate it thomas yeah i don't know what you do with presley at this point i I do think that dusty baker should be open to moving him into a different bullpen role right i mean we're all hoping that the playoffs start and the astros are like finally we've been bored this whole regular season even in the midst of a pennant race but i imagine anyone in the astros clubhouse after last night's game you feel down that felt like a playoff game it really did it was a great game Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if you're in that clubhouse and you're one of the guys who are in the lineup, I mean, you're probably thinking about Ryan Presley letting you down and Rafael Montero letting you down. Those are two guys making a lot of money. That's a natural thing to think. I think that the Astros do have alternative options in the bullpen. As you saw from Hector Neris, that at-bat that he had against Gunnar Henderson, holy smokes, that was awesome. I mean, that was fantastic stuff, and to see him electrified coming off the mound was great. And if Abreu's out there, too, it's not like you don't have other arms in the bullpen that you can use. But there are some guys that right now you're wondering about using at all. Montero, Maton, where do you use Presley? Like, that's a question. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5713-780-3776 to call to text as well on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. You can join at twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Where are you at after the Astros lost to the Baltimore Orioles last night? 8-7, we'll talk about it. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. 
a radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. That ball drilled deep to right field, and the Baltimore Orioles have taken the lead on Cedric Mullins' three-run bomb into the stands and right above the Astros' bullpen. That was a hell of a baseball game last night. I mean, I didn't pay any attention to the two football games outside of having them on my secondary TV. That was a damn good baseball game last night. Unfortunately, your Houston Astros fall to the Baltimore Orioles, 8-7. Not the end of the world. The Texas Rangers lost again. So there's still a game up and a, a game and a half up on Texas. They're a game and a half up on Oakland, excuse me, on Seattle, who was able to beat the Oakland A's. What's going on, people? It is the Paul Gallant Show on this Tuesday, September 19th of 2023. Playoff vibes last night. I think there's a good chance that in the playoffs, the Astros will match up against this Baltimore team. And Baltimore, who we know was hung the bleep over, deserves a lot of credit. They were ready. And then some. They got some dudes in that lineup. Gunnar Henderson, who homered off of Justin Verlander. He goes three for five. Ryan O'Hearn, five for five. Cedric Mullins, two clutch hits. That home run you just heard off of Ryan Presley. A double off of Rafael Montero. You had Adley Rushman, who also had an RBI off of Montero. Wow, what a surprise. You have the advantage over their bullpen, but let's just dive into the big problem for the Houston Astros in yesterday's loss. This guy's not falling. As I said, AL West, they're still fine. But this is one of those games where you look at the pitching and you're just wondering if they're going to be able to get back on track when the real games start. Hector Neris, you are exempt from this. Brian Abreu. Injured, unavailable last night after he got hit with the comebacker on his forearm. Also, you are exempt. But the rest of the Astros pitching staff, it's been a disappointment this year. There's no denying that. I tweeted out after Justin Verlander allowed a couple of runs to give Baltimore at the time a 3-1 lead. Can't we just get a couple of starts in a row where... Good Astros starters allow less than three earned runs. Like Sean Mapes, yesterday, going into last night's game, we talked about this. I'm just looking for two earned runs. I'm not asking for much. I don't have very high expectations for the Astros pitching this year. I'm not saying Verlander stunk. There were moments in this game where he was dealing. But can we just allow less than three runs? Even against a tough Baltimore team. Is that so much to ask? Or should I look at Baltimore and say, well, hang on, this team is the exception, Sean? What do you think here? I mean, 
I suppose giving up those runs to Baltimore is better than giving those runs up to the A's and Royals. But at some point, you do need your aces to pitch like aces. I thought he had it for a moment. There were a couple innings where he looked great. But he's not able to get through the whole thing. And then we get to the bullpen. And, I mean, do I even talk about Rafael Montero? Do I even talk about him? I've been telling you this for years. Oh, 30 games in a row. He looked fine. Stop. Just stop. He sucks. He's not a good pitcher. They paid him that contract. Terrible contract. He's bad. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I think that Dusty Baker feels the need to put him out there because of what they're paying him. They've been trying to find ways to make him feel a little bit more confident. But I felt zero, zero good feelings when Montero came into that game. I just thought to myself, oh, boy. I mean, they had the mound visit in the middle. You're wondering whether or not he's hurt. You're almost hoping he's hurt because then at the very least you could say, all right, well, maybe next year he'll earn that contract. Nope. No. I I never want to see Montero out there. I really don't. But the other problem is now that Ryan Presley is human. Is he bad? I don't know. But he's human. You heard the home run coming into the segment. Three-run homer. It's a good Baltimore team. I'm, I'm not freaking out over it. This is something that could theoretically happen in the postseason. My question is whether or not this happens against teams that are lesser than Baltimore, who is the best team in the American League. But Presley just doesn't have whatever he had in last year's postseason. And I don't know if it's the pitch clock. I don't know if he's just a year older. But whatever it is, he doesn't have it. And I got to say, I I get how pitchers feel when they throw pitches. Facts don't care about your feelings. Feelings don't care about your facts. But the last thing I wanted to hear after Ryan Presley allowed a three-run homer that helped Baltimore win 8-7 last night, the last thing I wanted to hear was him talking about how he thought that pitch was good after the game. I mean, stuff was good. Uh, I mean, it's a... Well located pitch. It's just, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting on it. He got his pitch that he wanted to hit and took advantage of it. Seems so okay with the execution. Yeah. I mean, it's not in the middle part of the plate. I mean, nine out of ten times people roll that pitch over. It's just, he just went down and got it. <sighs> why, why do they always do this? They make it hard for me. I don't want to yell at Ryan Presley. And we do have to wonder about the curse of being on the bench. Ryan Presley, Dana Holgerson, but it's fine. Jimbo Fisher last year, it's fine. Presley, in his last six appearances, nine earned runs. He's got a 3.84 ERA on the year. And there's a part of me that thinks that it's possible for Presley to get back to being the pitcher he was last postseason, this postseason. But at the same time, When we're looking at Ryan Presley, sometimes these guys just lose it really quickly. 18 of the 31 pitches that Presley threw were strikes, but only two whiffs on the 10 swings Baltimore took. They're hitting his stuff, and I wonder if Dusty Baker, come postseason time, is going to think about moving Presley into a different role. Because if you continue to go with Presley as your closer, 
you might find yourself at the wrong end of a series. That's where we're at with him. It's hard to predict success year to year with bullpen arms. Presley's been great for the Astros for a long time. This year, he has not been dominant. He has been human, as has been Justin Verlander, as has been Framber Valdez, as has been Christian Javier, as has been, well, more than human, Rafael Montero. Rafael Montero's just been Rafael Montero. I suppose this is cheap shots at this point in time. But the Astros pitchers, which were great last year, not great right now, Sean. No, no. I was just trying to work out if you're worse than human— well, I guess you can't say less. I don't want to call him subhuman, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to call him paid. New Money Montero. I, I hope he's enjoying that new money. I, I truly do. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, so you're not going to apologize to GM Jeff Bagwell? No. Okay. No. No, uh, I'm not. No, just Jose Abreu played well. I, I demand apologies for Dusty Baker, who I thought did a lot of good things in last night's game. Played. Jose Abreu. Home run. Double. Cleanup spot. Uh-oh. Oh, he shouldn't be hitting cleanup. Oh, man, I know baseball more than Dusty Baker. Martin Maldonado. Oh, they should have benched him in the sixth. The Astros were in the middle of a rally. Oh, uh, guess what? Martin Maldonado hit a home run a little bit later. And you haters, you Dusty Baker persecutors, you are exposed. Kyle Tucker gets a triple. Hey, maybe that day off on Sunday helped him get right at the plate. He also had a double. Maybe it helped him have, I don't know, a little bit uh you know, better feeling the legs so that he could run all the way to third base as quickly as he did. Dusty Baker managing loads properly. It's a shame. The Astros had a lot of good things in this game, especially at the plate. Kyle Tucker, as I mentioned, Jose Altuve, uh, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena had key RBI hits. Pena gunned the guy down at home. Um, Hector Neris was awesome in that one inning, but... Ultimately, when you're looking at the Astros after last night's game, how do you not look at the pitching? I see a couple of people on the Twitch are saying I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not. I mean, that was a great baseball game. It's not one that's super important, but how do you not look at the pitching after a game like this? We got Thomas calling in the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. 713-780-3776 to call to text Thomas. What's up? Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, so as far as, like, the pitching goes, like, going to the playoffs, um, I've been actually on the side arguing for, like, Javier and Framber and I guess some of the guys that have can drop in the ball in the starting position because I always feel like, I don't know, going back the last 15 years, like, some of the, like, kind of the dominant teams looking at, like, Red Sox maybe, or I always feel like there's, like, starters that just they might not have it that year in the regular season. But there's that, that clutch scene, so to speak. So, like, I kind of lean back. Maybe these guys don't feel pressure and just feel like they can turn it on playoffs. I hope that's but true. the reliever position, okay, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking Chris Sale, man, I'm just thinking he sucks now or something. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, some of these pitchers sometimes just can turn it on. But relievers, it's more like ice in their veins. And if they don't have it, they don't have, like, if they lose it, they lose it for good. And then, you know, they're a mental head case. So, I, I, I mean – I don't want to just go in and say, hey, it's time to move up Bobby Rayu or Naris to the closer role and just, you know, not give up on Presley but move him down or something. But it's just sometimes these guys, these, you know, it's more of a 
uh, walk them through how their day's going, make sure their you know their ego's good. And I don't know if you have the you know time to do that with Presley to get them right playoffs but i'll hang up and listen appreciate it thomas yeah i don't know what you do with presley at this point i I do think that dusty baker should be open to moving him into a different bullpen role right i mean i we're all hoping that the playoffs start and the astros are like finally we've been bored this whole regular season even in the midst of a pennant race but i imagine anyone in the astros clubhouse after last night's game you feel down that felt like a playoff game it really did it was a great game back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if you're in that clubhouse and you're one of the guys who are in the lineup, I mean, you're probably thinking about Ryan Presley letting you down and Rafael Montero letting you down. Those are two guys making a lot of money. That's a natural thing to think. I think that the Astros do have alternative options in the bullpen, as you saw from Hector Neris. That at-bat that he had against Gunnar Henderson, holy smokes, that was awesome. I mean, that was fantastic stuff, and to see him electrified coming off the mound was great. And if Abreu's out there, too, it's not like you don't have other arms in the bullpen that you can use. But there are some guys that right now you're wondering about using at all. Montero, Maton, where do you use Presley? Like, that's a question. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, to call, to text as well on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. You can join at twitch.tv. Slash ESPN 97.5. Where are you at after the Astros lost to the Baltimore Orioles last night? 8-7. We'll talk about it. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. Line drive. That's a fair ball. That'll at least tie the game. O'Hearn on the move from first base. Tucker brings the ball back in. They're going to wave the runner home. Pena's got a shot. The throw is in time. Out at home plate. O'Hearn thrown out. Trying to score on a double in the corner. The game is tied on the double as Mullins ties it up and O'Hearn thrown out. Jeremy Payne after taking that relay throw from Kyle Tucker. Effing Montero, man. What do you expect when he comes in the game? And I'm going to overlook Jeremy Payne going all the way from the shortstop side of the field into right field to catch that and make a beautiful relay throw home to get that runner out. Montero coming into the game. Only bad things can happen. Ooh, you're in a nice month. Shut up. You know what he is. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know he is exactly the same pitcher he was in Seattle when Mariners fans were laughing that they somehow were able to get Montero off the roster as part of that trade that involved Kendall Graveman. That was a thing. It was. I, I need I need to pick me up. Because, again, I don't want to sound like I'm whining or complaining after the Astros lost this game last night. I think his rare candy on the Twitch says it doesn't bother me that the Orioles beat us. They have the better record this year. They are going to win some games against you. And I know that the usual suspect, uh, Pinche, is like, oh, there's whining, there's complaining, which they're in. 
is actually whining and complaining as well. Oh, we're, we're throwing some criticism at the bullpen, the two pitchers in the bullpen who allowed five earned runs who were making 50-plus million dollars or whatever they're making. Oh, that's crying. My God, you're a baby sometimes. But give me something else. Sean, can I get, can I get a little Hector Neris? Can I get a little Hector Neris in my life? Just mainline that into my veins. Because that was a beautiful, beautiful strikeout by him against Gumar Henderson. Got him! Throws him with the fastball! Oh, Hector Neris! He's fired up! Strolling off the mound after a big strikeout to end the top of the eighth. Ice cold, frozen with the heater. That was nice. Someone texted in, is Will Harris still around? Don't say that. That's that's almost Rafael Montero territory for me. Almost. Not quite. Oh, no. Well, actually, this isn't a bad thing because luckily his team is helping out the Houston Astros. Our friend Tab is calling in at 713-780-3776. Tab, the Rangers fan from Big Money. Tab, what's up, dude? Just want you to know, now you know what it feels like to be a Rangers fan. <laughs> Hit me. We've had so many leads, turned it over to the bullpen, and just go ahead and chalk up runs. What, what the hell happened last night with the Rangers, I, man? The bullpen. It was the bullpen for them, too. Gotcha. I mean, we got Smith. Mm-hmm. Smith is like your Montero. You just put him out there and give him two runs and bring him out. Oh, gosh. Man, if you're comparing him to Rafael Montero, you must have a deep-rooted hatred in your heart for him. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You know, <laughs> I'll take my lumps when I deserve them. But we're, we're that's both exactly right the now. way. Sir? We're both taking lumps right now, Tab. Yep, you're right. I mean, there have been so many games this year that we have been two and three runs in the lead. And they put the bullpen in and they just say, okay, who's going to give up one? Who's going to give up two? Who's going to give up another one? You know, it's just ridiculous. It's not- you know, I'm, I'm old enough. I remember the days when pitchers pitched the whole damn game you know what i miss those days as well though i think with the astros starting rotation at this moment in time i'm not sure i would even want that over the bullpen but tab thank you for reminding us that even though the astros have some bullpen issues that the rangers bullpen issues are worse we appreciate that we needed that today take care paul (laughs) i love you tab that is tab everybody uh a couple more comments someone from the 281 texted in paul they lost again. Your Astros are not making the playoffs. You're being the baby today. Eh, I mean, they lost to the Orioles, but they're still a game and a half up in the AL West. The Rangers have to play the Mariners. The Mariners have to play the Rangers. Assuming you take care of business against the Mariners, the Astros are going to be fine. They're going to win this division. I still feel very good about that. But it is a bit of a logjam, and there's more pressure on them, certainly, tonight and on Wednesday. To get things done, and I mean now, Hunter Brown coming off of those five straight no-hit innings, you pulled him from the game early. You're hoping that he's going to be able to carry that confidence forward into tonight's game. There's a lot of pressure on him. This Orioles lineup is really good, especially the top of the order. 
And if you're going to blame Dusty Baker for anything last night, I would say, why the hell is Rafael Montero facing the top of the Orioles order? I get it. You've been bringing him in earliest of all the Astros relievers. You're hoping that he is going to get more confident, and you think that the last, what, 30 games or so means that he's actually trending back towards the guy he was last year. But he never was somebody that made you feel easy last year when he pitched. Why are you putting him in against the top of the order? Come on, man. That I cannot understand. Um, some more comments. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. We have Jameel Hill in the chat. That's fun. I, honestly, Jameel, I, I would like some takes. Provide me with some takes, some fodder. I would like to see them all. Um, you can also join us on Twitter at Gallant Says. I look at the Astros right now and still feel all right about them. It's just that pitching. How do they get it better? What can they do? Is spider tack allowed? You know, we've brought this up. This show is not above cheating. We are about the bottom line. Give me that W by any means possible. What's Rob Manfred going to do? Insult the trophy again? You win the trophy. It's never being taken away from you. They don't do that. This isn't college football where some person who gets a tattoo all of a sudden loses the Heisman in the national championship that was won. This isn't that. It's professional sports. They, they got to take it from the, the billionaire's uh, dead hands. if They're going to take that trophy away. So can, can we get some spider tack in the building? No one would be looking for it at this p- moment in time. I know that you do have the umpires who are checking – uh, pitcher's hands when they head to the dugout, but aren't we getting into it's been 20 years and this is what TSA is now territory with that? Huh? I mean, I had a friend who accidentally left a knife, a buoy knife in his suitcase, put it through one of those um, machines. They didn't say a damn thing about it. Like TSA kind of lagging. Do you think the umpires might be lagging? Can we work spider tack back in? I'm just, I'm just asking questions here. We explore all options. Win by any means necessary. Come on, baby. Uh, Jamil Hill. Really appreciate Jamil Hill taking the time to join us on Twitch. Formerly of ESPN. I think now at the Atlantic. Paul Kaepernick versus Tebow. Fight to the death. I'll hang up and listen. That's a great question. I don't think Tebow is capable of killing. I think Tebow's got one rule, like Batman. He can't kill somebody. And, and, and you know, to have Aaron Hernandez on your team, obviously, you have to stop him. You have to bring him back from time to time. Would Kaepernick fight to the death? I don't know. Because also you got to wonder, like, hey, Kaepernick's had plenty of opportunities to get, actually play some version of pro football, and it seems like he was refusing most of them. And on top of that, it seems like he wanted a lot of money while refusing most of them. So just something to think about. Anyway, hi, where are you at after the Astros lost last night to the Baltimore Orioles 8-7? to seven? I'm, not, I'm not freaking out. I'm just... Again, looking at the Astros pitching and wondering if it's capable of getting them all the way to the finish line. It just doesn't feel like it's on the same level that it was last year. And statistically, you know it's not on the level it was last year. They have the same guys. Verlander's even back. Framber is healthy. Christian Javier is healthy. 
you think at the very least the bullpen arms, Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, although he's dealing with the forearm injury, they're all healthy. So what the hell's going on? Paul Gallant Show, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Home of Odin Finch. Odin Finch. I'm Odin Finch. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. That ball drilled deep to right field, and the Baltimore Orioles have taken the lead on Cedric Mullins' three-run bomb into the stands and right above the Astros' bullpen. That was a hell of a baseball game last night. I mean, I didn't pay any attention to the two football games outside of having them on my secondary TV. That was a damn good baseball game last night. Unfortunately, your Houston Astros fall to the Baltimore Orioles, 8-7. Not the end of the world. The Texas Rangers lost again. So there's still a game up and a, a game and a half up on Texas. They're a game and a half up on Oakland, excuse me, on Seattle, who was able to beat the Oakland A's. What's going on, people? It is the Paul Gallant Show on this Tuesday, September 19th of 2023. Playoff vibes last night. I think there's a good chance that in the playoffs, the Astros will match up against this Baltimore team. And Baltimore, who we know was hung the bleep over, deserves a lot of credit. They were ready. And then some. They got some dudes in that lineup. Gunnar Henderson, who homered off of Justin Verlander. He goes three for five. Ryan O'Hearn, five for five. Cedric Mullins, two clutch hits. That home run you just heard off of Ryan Presley. A double off of Rafael Montero. You had Adley Rushman, who also had an RBI off of Montero. Wow, what a surprise. You have the advantage over their bullpen, but let's just dive into the big problem for the Houston Astros in yesterday's loss. The sky's not falling. As I said, AL West, they're still fine. But this is one of those games where you look at the pitching and you're just wondering if they're going to be able to get back on track when the real games start. Hector Neris, you are exempt from this. Brian Abreu. Injured, unavailable last night after he got hit with the comebacker on his forearm. Also, you are exempt. But the rest of the Astros pitching staff, it's been a disappointment this year. There's no denying that. I tweeted out after Justin Verlander allowed a couple of runs to give Baltimore at the time a 3-1 lead. Can't we just get a couple of starts in a row where... Good Astros starters allow less than three earned runs. Like Sean Mapes, yesterday, going into 
last night's game. We talked about this. I'm just looking for two earned runs. I'm not asking for much. I don't have very high expectations for the Astros pitching this year. I'm not saying Verlander stunk. There were moments in this game where he was dealing. But can, can we just allow less than three runs? Even against a tough Baltimore team. Is that so much to ask? Or should I look at Baltimore and say, well, hang on, this team is the exception, Sean. What do you think here? I mean, I, I suppose giving up those runs to Baltimore is better than giving those runs up to the A's and Royals. But at some point, you do need your aces to pitch like aces. I thought he had it for a moment. There were a couple innings where he looked great. But he's not able to get through the whole thing. And then we get to the bullpen. And, I mean, do I even talk about Rafael Montero? Do I even talk about him? I've been telling you this for years. Oh, 30 games in a row. He looked fine. Stop. Just stop. He sucks. He's not a good pitcher. They paid him that contract. Terrible contract. He's bad. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I think that Dusty Baker feels the need to put him out there because of what they're paying him. They've been trying to find ways to make him feel a little bit more confident. But I felt zero, zero good feelings when Montero came into that game. I just thought to myself, oh, boy. I mean, they had the mound visit in the middle. You're wondering whether or not he's hurt. You're almost hoping he's hurt because then at the very least you could say, all right, well, maybe next year he'll earn that contract. Nope. No. I I never want to see Montero out there. I really don't. But the other problem is now that Ryan Presley is human. Is he bad? I don't know. But he's human. You heard the home run coming into the segment. Three-run homer. It's a good Baltimore team. I'm I'm not freaking out over it. This is something that could theoretically happen in the postseason. My question is whether or not this happens against teams that are lesser than Baltimore, who is the best team in the American League. But Presley just doesn't have whatever he had in last year's postseason. And I don't know if it's the pitch clock. I don't know if he's just a year older. But whatever it is, he doesn't have it. And I got to say, I I get how pitchers feel when they throw pitches. Facts don't care about your feelings. Feelings don't care about your facts. But the last thing I wanted to hear after Ryan Presley allowed a three-run homer that helped Baltimore win 8-7 last night, the last thing I wanted to hear was him talking about how he thought that pitch was good after the game. I mean, stuff was good. Uh, I mean, it's a well-located pitch. It's just, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting on it. He got his pitch that he wanted to hit and took advantage of it. So you were okay the execution. Yeah. I mean, it's not in the middle part of the plate. I mean, nine out of ten times, people roll that pitch over. It's just, he just went down and got it. <sighs> why, why do they always do this? They make it hard for me. I don't want to yell at Ryan Presley. And we do have to wonder about the curse of being on the bench. Ryan Presley, Dana Holgerson, but it's fine. Jimbo Fisher last year, it's fine. Presley, in his last six appearances, nine earned runs. He's got a 3.84 ERA on the year. And there's a part of me that thinks that it's possible for Presley to get back to being the pitcher he was last postseason this postseason, but at the same time, when we're looking at Ryan Presley, 
Sometimes these guys just lose it really quickly. 18 of the 31 pitches that Presley threw were strikes, but only two whiffs on the 10 swings Baltimore took. They're hitting his stuff, and I wonder if Dusty Baker, come postseason time, is going to think about moving Presley into a different role. Because if you continue to go with Presley as your closer, you might find yourself at the wrong end of a series. That's where we're at with him. It's hard to predict success year to year with bullpen arms. Presley's been great for the Astros for a long time. This year, he has not been dominant. He has been human, as has been Justin Verlander, as has been Framber Valdez, as has been Christian Javier, as has been, well, more than human, Rafael Montero. Rafael Montero's just been Rafael Montero. I suppose this is cheap shots at this point in time. But the Astros pitchers, which were great last year, not great right now, Sean. No, no. I was just trying to work out if you're worse than human— well, I guess you can't say less. I don't want to call him subhuman, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to call him paid. New money Montero. I, I hope he's enjoying that new money. I, I truly do. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, so you're not going to apologize to GM Jeff Bagwell? No. Okay. No. No, uh, I'm not. No, just Jose Abreu played well. I, I demand apologies for Dusty Baker, who I thought did a lot of good things in last night's game. Played. Jose Abreu. Home run. Double. Cleanup spot. Uh-oh. Oh, he shouldn't be in a cleanup. Oh, man, I know baseball more than Dusty Baker. Martin Maldonado. Oh, they should have benched him in the sixth. The Astros were in the middle of a rally. Uh, guess what? Martin Maldonado hit a home run a little bit later. And you haters, you Dusty Baker persecutors, you're exposed. Kyle Tucker gets a triple. Hey, maybe that day off on Sunday helped him get right at the plate. He also had a double. Maybe it helped him have, I don't know, a little bit uh you know, better feeling the legs so that he could run all the way to third base as quickly as he did. Dusty Baker managing loads properly. It's a shame. The Astros had a lot of good things in this game, especially at the plate. Kyle Tucker, as I mentioned, Jose Altuve, uh, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena had key RBI hits. Pena gunned the guy down at home. Um, Hector Neris was awesome in that one inning, but... Ultimately, when you're looking at the Astros after last night's game, how do you not look at the pitching? I see a couple of people on the Twitch are saying I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not. I mean, that was a great baseball game. It's not one that's super important. But how do you not look at the pitching after a game like this? We got Thomas calling in the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. 713-780-3776 to call to text. Thomas, what's up? Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, so... As far as, like, the pitching goes, like, going to the playoffs, um, I've been actually on the side arguing for, like, Javier and Framber and I guess some of the guys that can drop in the ball in the starting position because I always feel like, I don't know, going back the last 15 years, like, some of the, like, kind of the dominant teams looking at, like, Red Sox maybe, or I always feel like there's, like, starters that just, they might not have it that year in the regular season. But there's that, that clutch scene, so to speak. So, like, I kind of lean back. Maybe these guys don't feel pressure and just feel like they can turn it on playoffs. I hope that's but true. the reliever position, okay, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking Chris Sale, maybe I'm just thinking he sucks now or something. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, some of these pitchers sometimes just can turn it on. But relievers, it's more like ice in their veins. And if they don't have it, they don't have Like, if they lose it, 
they lose it for good, and then you know they're a mental head case. So I, I, I mean, I don't want to just go in and say, hey, it's time to move up Bobby Ray or Nares to the closer role and just you know not give up on Presley but move him down or something. But it's just sometimes these guys, these you know, it's more of a, a walk them through how their days going, make sure their you know their ego's good. And I don't know if you have the you know time to do that with Presley to get them right. Playoffs, but I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it, Thomas. Yeah, I don't know what you do with Presley at this point. I, I do think that Dusty Baker should be open to moving him into a different bullpen role, right? I mean, I, I, we're all hoping that the playoffs start and the Astros are like, finally, we've been bored this whole regular season, even in the midst of a pennant race. But I imagine anyone in the Astros clubhouse after last night's game, you feel down. That felt like a playoff game. It really did. It was a great game. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if you're in that clubhouse and you're one of the guys who are in the lineup, I mean, you're probably thinking about Ryan Presley letting you down and Rafael Montero letting you down. Those are two guys making a lot of money. That's a natural thing to think. I think that the Astros do have alternative options in the bullpen, as you saw from Hector Neris. That at-bat that he had against Gunnar Henderson, holy smokes, that was awesome. I mean, that was fantastic stuff, and to see him electrified coming off the mound was great. And if Abreu's out there, too, it's not like you don't have other arms in the bullpen that you can use. But there are some guys that right now you're wondering about using at all. Montero, Maton, where do you use Presley? Like, that's a question. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, to call. To text as well on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. You can join at twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Where are you at after the Astros lost to the Baltimore Orioles last night? 8-7. We'll talk about it. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. Line drive. That's a fair ball. That'll at least tie the game. O'Hearn on the move from first base. Tucker brings the ball back in. They're going to wave the runner home. Pena's got a shot. The throw is in time. Out at home plate. O'Hearn thrown out. Trying to score on a double in the corner. The game is tied on the double as Mullins ties it up and O'Hearn thrown out. Jeremy Payne after taking that relay throw from Kyle Tucker. Effing Montero, man. What do you expect when he comes in the game? And I'm going to overlook Jeremy Payne going all the way from the shortstop side of the field into right field to catch that and make a beautiful relay throw home to get that runner out. Montero coming into the game. Only bad things can happen. Ooh, you're in a nice month. Shut up. You know what he is. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know he is exactly the same pitcher he was in Seattle when Mariners fans were laughing that they somehow were able to get Montero off the roster as part of that trade that involved Kendall Graveman. That was a thing. It was. I, I need, I need to pick me up. Because, again, I don't want to sound like I'm whining or complaining after the Astros lost this game last night. I think his rare candy on the Twitch says it doesn't bother me that the Orioles beat us. They have the better record this year. They are going to win some games against you. 
And I know that the usual suspect, uh, Pinche, is like, oh, there's whining, there's complaining, which they're in is actually whining and complaining as well. Oh, we're, we're throwing some criticism at the bullpen, the two pitchers in the bullpen who allowed five earned runs who were making 50-plus million dollars or whatever they're making. Oh, that's crying. My God, you're a baby sometimes. But give me something else. Sean, can I get can I get a little Hector Neris? Can I get a little Hector Neris in my life? Just mainline that into my veins because that was a beautiful, beautiful strikeout by him against Gumar Henderson. Throws him with the fastball. Oh, Hector Neris. He's fired up. Strolling off the mound after a big strikeout to end the top of the eighth. Ice cold. Frozen with the heater. That was nice. Someone texted in, is Will Harris still around? Don't say that. That's, That's almost Rafael Montero territory for me. Almost. Not quite. Oh, no. Well, actually, this isn't a bad thing because luckily his team is helping out the Houston Astros. Our friend Tab is calling in at 713-780-3776. Tab, the Rangers fan from Big Money. Tab, what's up, dude? Just want you to know, now you know what it feels like to be a Rangers fan. (laughs) Hit me. We've had so many leads. Turned it over to the bullpen. And just go ahead and chalk up runs. What what the hell happened last night with the Rangers, man? The bullpen. It was the bullpen for them, too. Gotcha. I mean, we got Smith. Mm -hmm. Smith is like your Montero. You just put him out there and give him two runs and bring him out. Oh, gosh. Man, if you're comparing him to Rafael Montero, you must have a deep-rooted hatred in your heart for him. I'm just being honest. You know, I'll take my lumps when I deserve them. But we're, we're that's both exactly the right way. Now. Sir? We're both taking lumps right now, Tab. Yep, you're right. I mean, there have been so many games this year that we have been two and three runs in the lead. And they put the bullpen in and they just say, okay. Who's going to give up one? Who's going to give up two? Who's going to give up another one? You know, it's just ridiculous. It's not you know, I'm, I'm old enough. I remember the days when pitchers pitched the whole damn game. You know what? I miss those days as well, though. I think with the Astros starting rotation at this moment in time, I'm not sure I would even want that over the bullpen. But, Tab, thank you for reminding us that even though the Astros have some bullpen issues, that the Rangers' bullpen issues are worse. We appreciate that. We needed that today. Take care, Paul. <laughs> Love you, Tab. That is Tab, everybody. Uh, a couple more comments. Someone from the 281 texted in, Paul, they lost again. Your Astros are not making the playoffs. You're being the baby today. Eh, I mean, they lost to the Orioles, but they're still a game and a half up in the AL West. The Rangers have to play the Mariners. The Mariners have to play the Rangers. Assuming you take care of business against the Mariners, the Astros are going to be fine. They're going to win this division. I still feel very good about that. But it is a bit of a logjam, and there's more pressure on them, certainly, tonight and on Wednesday to get things done. And I mean, now, Hunter Brown, coming off of those five straight no-hit innings, you pulled him from the game early. You're hoping that he's going to be able to carry that confidence forward into tonight's game. There's a lot of pressure on him. 
this Orioles lineup is really good, especially the top of the order. And if you're going to blame Dusty Baker for anything last night, I would say, why the hell is Rafael Montero facing the top of the Orioles order? I get it. You've been bringing him in earliest of all the Astros relievers. You're hoping that he is going to get more confident, and you think that the last, what, 30 games or so means that he's actually trending back towards the guy he was last year. But he never was somebody that made you feel easy last year when he pitched. Why are you putting him in against the top of the order? Come on, man. That I cannot understand. Um, some more comments. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. We have Jameel Hill in the chat. That's fun. I, honestly, Jameel, I, I would like some takes. Provide me with some takes, some fodder. I would like to see them all. Um, you can also join us on Twitter. At Gallant says... I look at the Astros right now and still feel all right about them. It's just that pitching. How do they get it better? What can they do? Is spider tack allowed? You know, we've brought this up. This show is not above cheating. We are about the bottom line. Give me that W by any means possible. What's Rob Manfred going to do? Insult the trophy again? You win the trophy. It's never being taken away from you. They don't do that. This isn't college football where some person who gets a tattoo all of a sudden loses the Heisman in the national championship that was won. This isn't that. It's professional sports. They they got to take it from the, the billionaire's uh, dead hands if they're going to take that trophy away. So can, can we get some spider tack in the building? No one would be looking for it at this p- moment in time. I know that you do have the umpires who are checking... Uh, pitcher's hands when they head to the dugout, but aren't we getting into it's been 20 years and this is what TSA is now territory with that? Huh? I mean, I had a friend who accidentally left a knife, a Bowie knife, in his suitcase, put it through one of those um, machines. They didn't say a damn thing about it. Like TSA, kind of lagging. Do you think the umpires might be lagging? Can we work spider tack back in? I'm just, I'm just asking questions here. We explore all options. Win by any means necessary. Come on, baby. Uh, Jamil Hill. Really appreciate Jamil Hill taking the time to join us on Twitch. Formerly of ESPN. I think now at the Atlantic. Paul Kaepernick versus Tebow. Fight to the death. I'll hang up and listen. That's a great question. I don't think Tebow is capable of killing. I think Tebow's got one rule, like Batman. He can't kill somebody. And, and, and you know, to have Aaron Hernandez on your team, obviously, you have to stop him. You have to bring him back from time to time. Would Kaepernick fight to the death? I don't know. Because also you got to wonder, like, hey, Kaepernick's had plenty of opportunities to get, actually play some version of pro football, and it seems like he was refusing most of them. And on top of that, it seems like he wanted a lot of money while refusing most of them. So just something to think about. Anyway, hi, where are you at after the Astros lost last night to the Baltimore Orioles 8-7? to seven. I'm, not, I'm not freaking out. I'm just, again, looking at the Astros pitching and wondering if it's capable of getting them all the way to the finish line. It just doesn't feel 
like it's on the same level that it was last year. And statistically, you know it's not on the level it was last year. They have the same guys. Verlander's even back. Framber is healthy. Christian Javier is healthy. You think at the very least, the bullpen arms, Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, although he's dealing with the forearm injury. They're all healthy. So what the hell's going on? Paul Gallant Show, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Home of Odin Finch. Odin Finch. I'm Odin Finch. Back to the Paul Gallant Show. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Chubb splits out to the top of the screen. Quick throw and picked up. The deflection and intercepted by Highsmith. Touchdown. What a start for the Steelers. So that one wasn't Deshaun Watson's fault. The second of two Monday night football games staggered one hour apart for reasons that I cannot understand on ESPN, that game on ABC, but was it not nice to see who else got a great big pants tent over the failures of other quarterbacks? Last night, and perhaps it makes me a miserable person, but Deshaun Watson again sucked last night. No way to sugarcoat it. He sucked. Sacked six times. His elusiveness, not what it used to be. Holding on to the football forever. Not making great reads. Not really challenging anyone downfield. He did throw it somewhat decently to Amari Cooper. Cooper, I think, at 90 yards on the game or something like that. And the Steelers' defense is good. It has T.J. Watt. But Watson looked like doo-doo out there. And you know what's going to be really funny? It's going to be as the Browns' ship is sunk yet again by subpar quarterback play. Every excuse in the book will be made for Watson. And you've already seen it. You saw them going into this year. Oh, yeah, well, it was awkward with him coming back week 11, not being able to really work with the team, get in a groove with the team over the course of the season. Okay, well, what is it now? At this point, if you're the Browns, what do you do? This is a terrible contract. Shout out to... um, uh, what's his name? David Mulgetta. David Mulgetta, yeah. Shout out to David Mulgetta. <laughs> David Mulgetta, the biggest winner of all. Watson stunk. He got called for two face masks in a game. How often does does that happen? He shoved the referee. I guess it's on the table for him to potentially be suspended for the next game for the Cleveland Browns, which is also really funny to think about. I'm not going to lie. Didn't watch much of that game last night because I was focused more on Astros-Orioles. The Astros, of course, lost 8-7 if you want to weigh in on that. But, oh, my God, that was beautiful. And 
I'm a sick person. I, I like to see teams fail. I like to see certain players fail. I think everybody in Houston wants to see Deshaun Watson fail on a somewhat personal level because of the way that he left, the things that he allegedly did. It's definitely more probable than not that he did those things than Tom Brady deflated a couple of footballs, but whatever. I'm trying to stick to this one. Everyone's rooting against him here, and he stinks. He just stinks. It's it's honestly, and maybe this is more on me, I can't, every bad game that Deshaun Watson has, like, absolute stinker of a game that he has, I'm, like, surprised. I cannot believe that he's just not good at football anymore. It's crazy. You think it might come back. I'm I'm with you in that. I thought it would be good. I thought there was a chance that he just played pretty well. Like, I'm not even saying, like, is a top five quarterback or anything. I'm just saying, like, plays pretty well. Like, and he can't do that. Is it possible he was never as good as we thought he was? Is it possible? System quarterback. Bill O'Brien system quarterback. Now that would be I, I'm really loving Bill O'Brien on today's show. I don't know why. You really are. You're very complimentary of him. Uh, this does was, a great job with Mac Jones. This was the quarterback of a 4-12 and team back in 2020, and people were calling him a top-five quarterback. And it, it was conventional wisdom. No one even pushed back on that. Oh, he's great. He's awesome. Then he doesn't play in 2021 for a variety of reasons. He doesn't play until week 11. Excuses are still being made for him. But the reality is he has sucked since he's been back. And he had a full offseason this time around. Kevin, Kevin Stefanski is going to be the one that's blamed next. Andrew Berry, the general manager, probably blamed next. How long will it take for the Browns to look at Deshaun Watson the same way that Sean Payton's probably looking at Russell Wilson? Because Watson's 28 years old. I mean, you're expecting to get the best football of his career right about now. And he did show a little bit of mobility last night. The Steelers do have a very good defense. So you do have to give Pittsburgh a little bit of credit there. I mean, he was running for his life. This also happened. Two defensive touchdowns courtesy of Deshaun Watson giving the ball up. What he needs! Neil showing blitz. Here he comes. Pressure ball. That's Highsmith both times on that one. He stunk. I I, I don't know if he's ever going to be good again, and this is great for the Texans because the way things currently stand, and we're two games in, but the Browns would have the 11th pick in this year's draft if the season ended right now. The Browns would have it. The Texans got it via trade. So, yeah, right now the Texans pick, if the season were to end today, fifth overall, would go to the Arizona Cardinals. But pick number 11, not so bad. Is Watson going to play poorly enough to drag Cleveland all the way down to the NFL gutters? I'm not sure about that because I do think Cleveland is a talented team. Yeah, they have a good defense. Uh, they ha- Well, I was going to say they have a good run game. They still have a pretty good run di- game with Ford in there. But obviously missing Chubb uh, or losing Chubb in that game. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be for the rest of the season. I, I'm not even saying, like, doctors-wise. Just If you look at the play, you look at the angle that his knee bent, you're like, that guy's probably out for the season. Oh, he's done, 100%. Uh, so, it, in a weird way, it's going to be more on Watson to drive whatever whatever winning this uh, Browns team's going to do. And, I, I again, 
And the next time I watch the Browns play, I will be expecting Deshaun Watson to play, like, again, just decent football, and then he won't. And then I'll just be in the cycle of expecting to play decent football, and he, he won't. But with this defense and with the Deshaun Watson that was here in 2019 and 2020, you would think, yeah, this team can still make the playoffs. Yep. But with how he's played since he's come back from uh, suspension, I don't, I don't see it. I don't either. And then on top of that, I mean, we're rooting for misery last night. Bryce Young does not look good right now. He looks small. I mean, small little shoves are seeing him get sacked. He's decent at throwing the football over the middle of the field, but he can't throw it to the sidelines really at all. It's kind of Davis Mills adjacent, one of the big issues that he had. And this is Frank Reich after the game defending what he saw from Bryce Young. But, I mean, right now it looks like the Texans got the better guy in drafting C.J. Stroud with that second overall pick, which you all were bitching about because they won the last game of the year. I think Bryce is handling the pressure, pressure well. Listen, he's a quarterback, you know, head coach, quarterback, right? We're, you know, we're, we're going to take the heat, as, and that just comes with the territory. So um, you own that, and you understand that when you're in that position, and Bryce understands that for the position that he's in. So um, I can tell you this. It's certainly, you know, our struggle on offense, it's, it's not one person. Um, again, we'll look at the film, but, you know, I thought Bryce did, did some really positive things, um, made, some good, made some plays with his feet, made some good decisions, made good throws, um, showed plenty of things that we want to see. So I was encouraged by that. I, I know how hard it is to play that position. Uh-huh. I've been around it a long time, um, and, and I know how dependent it is on everything. If we're being real, do we think – that Frank Reich is going to be the one that unlocks something in Bryce Young. It's early. It's only been two weeks. But, I mean, obvious. Stroud's been better than Young thus far. Obvious. So, we'll see where this goes. But last night, watching those two Monday night football games, how do you not feel good as a person who follows football in Houston? How do you not feel good? Deshaun Watson still stinks. Bryce Young, not looking so good either. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Up next, yes, the Astros lost. No, it's not the end of the world. But I got to defend my guy. In Dusty, I trusty. I'll tell you about all the winning things that he did last night that y'all haters can't see. Paul Galancho, stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of old Greg. I know what you're thinking. Here comes old Greg. He's a scaly man fish. I'm old Greg. 